nervous to start the show today because Tim just told me that he was uh, working on his uh, Toastmasters group before we recorded today, and, and I just have a feeling he's just going to be too powerful. <laughs> he's going to be very I'm all warmed up. He's all warmed up. He's all toasty. Coffee at my Toastmasters meeting. Yeah. It's like when my dad, you know, I'd wake up as a, you know, a teenager. You know, dad had already been awake for two hours, read the paper, three cups of coffee. Hey, son, how are you? Oh, wait. I know. I, I was telling Tim that uh, I'm off the Humble and Fred show this week. So I got to sleep in until like 5.36. And then yesterday, I slept in until 7.30. And I woke up and I was like, well, that's the, where's the whole day? That's the whole day. 7.30. It's nap time. This is old guy stuff. This is uh, Swing Thoughts. Uh, welcome to it. I, I feel like I don't really need to introduce the show. And I listened back to the show last week. And I like how we started by just talking. Because it's like, it, it just doesn't make... Sure, it's Swing Thoughts. We've done a bunch of shows. But I feel if you've downloaded the show, you know that it's Swing Thoughts. Because it's in your... You know, it's on your phone. It's on your computer. Uh, but for you people that are new, I'm Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show Golf Spiritual Leader. Along with Tim O'Connor. Who wears many hats He is a uh, golf coach The Guelph Griffins And uh, speaking of that Remind me I had a conversation with our boy Charlie Fitz yesterday Cool Uh, Tim is also the proprietor of O'ConnorGolf.ca A uh, mental uh, coach A regular coach um, He's an all purpose coach If you're looking for a coach for let's say A birthday party (laughs) If you're looking for a birthday coach, he's your guy. Um, how, to, how, to, how to navigate your way through a very yeah. slow drive through line at Tim Hortons. If, uh, you know, bar mitzvahs, birthday parties, well, any occasion. A lot of times Tim gets hired by, you know, couples uh, to uh, be a coach at one of their parties. They like, you know, us. oh, there's a face painter and there's <laughs> there's there's oh, Tim. The timing thing it's like don't bring out the egg salad sandwiches just yet <laughs> wait right. till there's some more smells in the air you know like the one of those big parties big fancy party where they have like a uh, kissing not a, a kissing booth oh christ a um photo booth then over here they've got uh, uh some games you can play then over there's tim stop by for some performance coaching <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You, you, look, good. you look really sharp this morning, of course, as we always do now. Yes, thanks. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. And you, uh, you were just putting on your shirt when we uh, started a couple minutes ago before we started That's recording. Because I realized I couldn't wear that the crappy old T-shirt no. that I had on. I'm on Swing Thoughts, and we have an, an apparel sponsor. Yes, JW Apparel Inc., Dot com. Jonathan Wong was on with us last week, and uh, we were basically, you know, talking about how much better we will be dressed this year than we've ever been in our lives. I'm wearing a, what do you call this, like a, sh- uh, a shell? Is that a vest? Yeah. And uh, you've got a nice polo on. You know what would be really cool if we both knew? Like, who makes your polo? Is that a bead ratty? This is a fairway in green. Fairway in green, right on. And this is one of their iconic uh, yeah. whale thing. It has an official name. Hmm. If I was really prepared, I'd know what it was. Yeah, me too. But it's just the nice whale pattern that they have. Zero restriction, fairway in green. 
EPNY, Garb, which is the stuff for kids, Royal Albatross, and PRG Golf. All these, uh, all the stuff you see us wearing and hear us talking about can be had and looked at at JWApparelInc.com, Tim. JWApparelInc.com. Okay. Absolutely. If you want to look, see some very cool golf shoes, look at the Royal Albatross stuff. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Italian leather, all mm. that stuff. I mean, you can just smell it. How amazing. It must it remind is. you of your childhood growing up in Florence. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, growing up at the knee of the shoemaker. That's right. A young Tim O'Connor sat at the cobbler's knee learning his craft. Yeah, yeah Timothy Joseph <clears throat> O'Connor in Florence, Italy. Yeah, oh, right. that's right. Oh, Mr. O'Connor, he'll be making some fine golf apparel and shoes. It'll make you, it'll knock your socks off. Hey, Tim. <laughs> Also, let's not uh, forget our uh, title sponsor. No, that's not even true. Although they are our longtime sponsor. Hang on a second. I'm going to turn. Um, let me do this right now. There we go. TaylorMade Golf has been uh, supporting this program now for many years. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all new Sim 2 driver only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. You sent me a note about Sergio. Yeah, what was that all about? They've re-signed him. Sergio's back in the TaylorMade womb canon people who play TaylorMade. Yeah, Sergio's back. Hold hold, hold on a second. Yeah, I don't know where they come from. What are you trying to... Why can't you just use regular words? Like, if we were having lunch, would you say to me, oh, Sergio's back in the womb canon. What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> just, just use your regular words. It's okay. I'll still I'm think you're writer. smart. I'm a writer person. I know, but you know, I, oh, oh, we're having uh, in conversation with Tim O'Connor. Tim, what's Sergio doing? Oh, he's back in the womb. Okay, next question. Uh, you know, when it's funny, I was uh, I for I couldn't come up with who was his who was he using for the years, and and I couldn't tell you. I guess it was four or five years he went away because I think he was using Callaway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think you are you are correct. Anyway, you are correct. Re, re Callaway, and then I think he might have been in the manufacturer wilderness for a while. Uh, okay. Well, I was uh, I saw that uh, note from you, but I had also seen. I guess TaylorMade had tweeted a picture of uh, Sergio and a huge staff bag. When was this? Holding a golf ball. Oh, yeah. That was okay. a picture I saw. Yeah. Well, good for them. No, Sergio. I mean, it's, he's Sergio, for gosh sakes. He is Sergio. And Sergio's on, his, on better behavior now. I mean, like, he goes through these little peaks and valleys. You know, he won the Masters, and everyone's so happy for him. And then, uh, as happens to Sergio, every once in a while, he has a little fit here and there and no. takes it out in a bunker. But he seems to be... In a better mood. Maybe it's from playing tailor-made clubs. No, I think Sergio's exactly what it's about. Sergio's more like an everyday golfer than, you know, than most people out there. Like, it's easy to criticize Sergio, but we've all done what he did there in the bunker. I have. Um, I wanted to mention something about tailor-made. The irons, the Sim 2 irons, the TP5 ball. But I've got these uh, hot. Well, what they've done is they've changed, their, they've changed the grind on the high toe wedges. 
And I also want to send a thanks not only to our friend Nick at TaylorMade. Um, isn't it terrible I don't have Nick's last name in front of me? Obrich. So Nick Obrich has, uh, is our contact there. And, we, and we've talked to Nick, I think, on the show. But there's a, a kid there. He's not a kid anymore. Kevin, um, who has been uh, so good. And he, he's figured out how to get me all the stuff that I'm supposed to get. He's been following up with me. I just um, wanted to say, Kevin, I think his last name is Hong. But I, was, I just have him on my phone as Kevin from TaylorMade. Because yep. I've now got Driver 3-Wood Hybrid. They've all come. I haven't tried the driver yet. And I've got um, all three of my high-toe wedges with this new grind on the face. So I have used those because you can still chip and, you know, whatever, hit pitch shots in parks here in Ontario. And you have a golf lab. You have a lab. And I have a lab. But I, I want you to know, are you, did you order those this year? Or did, you, did you order? I know you got a driver. I ordered, wedge, you ordered, I ordered wedges, which yeah, have you're gonna uh, love not them. darkened my door yet. Dude, you're going to love them. Yeah, looking forward to it. They, they look freaking awesome. I mean, after all, you and I are in the tailor-made womb. <laughs> yeah. How, this is what, seriously, you know can what? Can we move on from <laughs> no. that? Here's the thing. From that? Here's what Toastmasters. This is a conversation with any other normal person. They just let it go. No, no. but that's the thing. Toastmasters didn't prepare you for this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, it's exciting. I can't wait for you to get them because I got them this week. The last one came. The 50 degree came and I was out hitting yesterday. It's pretty cool looking. And it's it's got this different, what do they call it? Like a black matte finish. So we're very lucky is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, so speaking of uh, hard goods. Yes. Given our conversation with Ryan Robillard of Superspeed. Yes, sir. I ordered me. The set of super speed stick things. Hang on a second. <laughs> Very nice. And so uh, did, super so speed. Did another listener. Oh, another Ronan. Listener. Ronan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you convo con- converse with him about those two? Yeah. Ronan uh, sent me a nice note and asked me my opinion of them. Um, after our show last week with Ryan, I spoke to him. I just gave him a call. Because I wanted to make sure I was doing, you know, he's a really great kid. This reminds me of a kid anymore. But he had a long conversation with me because I'd been using these things off and on haphazardly for a few years. I'd try them and use them sort of as a warm up. But he gave me the straight goods on how to follow the protocol. And um, I've been I, I've, I've been doing it pretty, as you know, pretty religiously uh, for a couple of weeks. And already I can see some speed gains but but more more importantly some psychological like i'm not used to letting my body move that quickly it's pretty interesting oh that's what really intrigues me about it and uh, that whole thing of like you were the one to use that word swing with abandon i mean that just i just love that there's just as i said more than a few times on that show uh swinging with some freedom mm-hmm. that is awesome and i also like the fact that this is something if you do it say 10 minutes three days a week Mm -hmm. that's pretty doable yep and and i was saying actually this morning i was thinking about this is that um one of the challenges that we have in in golf is that a lot of time we think that 
all the stuff that we need to do can only happen at a golf course. Right. But you have to drive to this place. And well, here we are in this golf, uh, you know, the the golf demic, if you will, the lockdown in Ontario. Yeah, it's patent pending. And we can't do this thing. No. So, but with this, with the with the super speed, you can use these things at home in your backyard. Um, yeah, outside, uh, save the drywall, um, <laughs> and get your work in. I think that's. I think it's really cool. Well, the thing about golf training is sometimes, and I've done a lot of it, as you know, but sometimes it's not quantifiable. Right. Or so, you know, one day you'll work on a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So I tend to keep track of what I've done. And one of the things that Ryan suggested, and we were talking about this, is that, you know, it's a, it's a great, like, I, I'm going to keep my speeds so that I can compare, like, if I, am I making any progress? And, uh, and you're right. It doesn't take long. You know, there's a, a sort of a six-minute dynamic warm-up that they recommend, super speed people recommend. It's kind of similar to the warm-up I already do, the Brooke Benny, Bam Lam warm-up. It's, uh, it's about five or six minutes. And then the actual protocols are 39 swings. I will say there's a caveat. And I'll, I just want to be honest and, and authentic. And I'll, I'll read to you what I said to Ronan. Because he asked me... I. I guess he was listening to the show and he wanted to know what I thought. All I said was, I've had the sticks, excuse me, and I've used them. But I said, the biggest difference is I got this monitor. It's a PRGR monitor. I think I talked about it. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the last show. But it's it's an investment and uh, you can use it outside. You can use it indoors. But the nice thing about, I, for me this time, using the super speed sticks with the, the monitor, I said to Ronan, I said, at least now I can see if there's any kind of increase. And you can, in, and I think it's, I'm not saying they're not going to be great on their own, Timmy. I just think if you can get to a place, maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks, you know, go to somebody who's got some, either a track man or a monitor of some kind to see if you're actually getting any increases. That just makes a ton of sense. I mean, one of the things that I've really become in the last couple of years in terms of coaching is the importance of data. Because we can go back to our friend Carl Morris. He says, where does confidence come from? It comes from evidence. Mm -hmm. And when you have data, um, you start to see what's actually happening in your game. When you track things uh, so things such as speed, mm-hmm. and then you can see how it's actually going, and then you have some hard numbers to go by rather than just your kind of your, your recollections. Because no, we exactly. forget things, and you get you know you have a great week or a couple of weeks, and then but when you start to see things over time, you start to see where you're really improving or not, and then you can make some adjustments. So that's what I really like about. The things that we've been discussing recently on this show, decade, you know, the using using stats and and tracking yourself with a thing like PRG, I think it's it makes a ton of sense. Can I just ask a question? There's, I'm hearing like a noise or music or something in the background. Is that something coming from your computer? Not music. Okay, it might have gone I'm, away. I'm slapping my hand down every once in a while. No, it sounded like uh, somebody was playing a song in the background. One of the kids. No, I agree. And you agree. And uh, by the way, Golf Demic, I'm uh, trying to get that patented. I believe I was the uh, <laughs> the originator of that. By the way, speaking of the Golf Demic, do you think it's, is it more fun to not play golf wearing shorts 
or to not play golf <laughs> wearing long pants and a sweater. I personally think, because I've been wearing shorts the last week, that not playing golf in shorts has definitely elevated my mood. <laughs> not playing golf in shorts. Not playing golf I in shorts. No, no, I don't know. I just, I know that uh, I miss golf. Uh, and I, it was funny. So today's Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, by the way, we're recording early this week. We'll tell you why. Uh, but you'll be hearing it uh, by the time you guys hear it, it'll be Friday afternoon. So round two of the PGA will be underway, and you'll get the uh, notification that another episode of this sweet program has dropped, as the kids like to say. <laughs> exactly. Love that. Um, no, what I was going to refer to was uh, in the last couple of days, uh, you know, and people ask, so how you doing, Tim? I went, great. I'm wearing a T-shirt and shorts, yeah. you know, which because like summer. Yeah. Summer dropped this week in uh, in Ontario. But uh, some also I just want before I forget, um, speaking of golf, Demick, you probably something dropped into your inbox as well, is that a whole coalition. Oh, yeah, of, I saw that. Uh, of outdoors people have got together and they sent the government uh, a nice letter. I think it was golf, volleyball, basketball, uh, a couple yeah. other associations. Yeah, it's just, I think, oh, hang on. Here, it's coming up. While you're yeah, looking, so, I'll tell you, it's funny. Both of my brothers live in Alberta where they still can golf. There's some restrictions, but every time I talk to them or anyone else that lives in a jurisdiction where you can golf, they're always a little bit tentative to say, so, uh, yeah, I was uh, playing yesterday. Oh, I know. You can golf. And they're almost they're almost, <laughs> they're almost apologetic. I know it's 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 like it's like at a wake, you know, oh, yeah. after after the funeral. It's just oh, sorry for your loss. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like that, or like you know, prohibition, where like booze is illegal here in Ontario, but you can drink it everywhere else in the world. God damn it! Exactly. So yeah, so. Um, all these good people got together. Athletics Ontario, pickleball Ontario. Yes, who even knew? I saw that. <laughs> Wait, I saw a pickleball. I'm like, what? They have an association. Exactly. Well, that's how big pickleballs come. We should get yeah. a pickleball guy on this show. I know a bunch of golfers who play that. Sport, yeah, I heard the volleyball people, the soccer people, tennis people, golf Ontario. All these associations, and you know, it's kind of like. They just make the point. I love here. Um, yeah, a recent report in the New York Times has gone so far to state that, quote, the share of transmission that has occurred outdoors seems to be below 1% and maybe below 0.1%. There's not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions. Yeah, I know. And they go on to say that medical people such as the Canadian Pediatric Society, say, for goodness sake, for people's mental health, as yeah. much as physical health, maybe even more so mental, get open the darn golf courses. By the way, um, I'm going to react to that in a second. But I just want to remind everyone, even though it's, we've been 19 minutes into the show and I've failed to mention that TaylorMade and JW Apparel Inc. have put together a nice uh, oh, PGA yes. Championship prize pack. We're going to do this for the rest of the year for the majors and anything else that we can use as an excuse to get you guys some free stuff. And the prize packs are cool. We'll tell you about them. But basically, some balls, a tailor-made cab, a master's putter cover in one, a master's head cover in the other, and a JW Apparel Inc. Uh, golf shirt or polo, as they're called. 
uh, Tim's wearing one, you might win one like Tim or a cool uh, vest uh, like uh, GSL. Yeah, man, I, um, you know, I think I, I mentioned this on the show last week that I was I'd made a decision that I wasn't going to wait until June 2nd to be happy about golf. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I call it the gratitude over attitude protocol, which is firmly in place. And um, I, because I thought, thought, thought to myself, how can I, you know, be a spiritual presence if I can't, for my own self, find a way to get through this or to to experience it? Get through it's the wrong word. To experience it in a way that will make it good for me personally, and then around, you know, for obviously for those around me, don't have to keep speaking quietly. <laughs> daddy. Hi, Daddy. One of my daughters. Hi, Daddy. Are you okay? I'm fine. You know, of course, I'm not really fine. But I, I think that's the, you know, for me at least, that was the decision I made because it's so easy, as you know, uh, to fall into nothing but conversations of a negative manner. Totally. Yeah, and it's been all your all day griping on Twitter and sending out antagonistic tweets and all that. Oh, I still do that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I still do that, but I just don't really care about them. Uh, yeah, no, well, please continue. Important, no, it's important to make you know the point as yeah. I just did a few moments ago. Um, but so similar to you, what I've been doing is I've been telling anyone who cares. I've been practicing acceptance. Really, because what else can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I sit around all day pining and looking at my phone every five minutes to see if the if the order to close golf has been rescinded, I'm mm-hmm. going to drive myself nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Like as, as, as the Buddhists would say, that is a recipe for suffering. I want a recipe for peace and equanimity. Gratitude over attitude. That's what Buddhists said. You know, it's yeah. in, even that even that what you just read. So I saw that this morning. And I looked at it, and rather than, you know, again, you know, when you say, you know, tweeting, snar- I, I still can participate in the world, but where I, where I live in my, you know, gut, I have, uh, it doesn't, it's not tweaking me like it was for the few weeks after it, uh, in April 17th, when they closed it down, I was really bummed. And then I realized, well, that's just like a story you tell yourself, and, you know, I was all... I was ready to play and I was already playing pretty well and I was looking forward to playing even better. And then I was like, well, this time around, you know, what else can I do? I I mean, you know, I talked to you and I talked to Casey and I talked to Charlie Fitzsimmons and I talked to my buddies and they're all golfers and we're all talking about golf and it's a super drag. But in my heart area, I'm fine with it now because it'll happen and then it might happen earlier than they say. Um... What do you think? Do you think it'll? Do you think those people will have any impact on the government? Uh, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm. I don't think so. I think that the government will hold firm. Um, I mean, for goodness sakes, if they were going to open it for kind of like uh, reasons to help people, wouldn't they open it for May two four weekend? You know, and that's that's highly unlikely going to happen because the golf courses wouldn't be ready. That's a big weekend for golf, May mm-hmm. two four weekend. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that they're going to hold to June second because they need to somehow leverage this. And so, when the if the numbers 
but and the numbers are going down. Mm-hmm. So they can so look, see what we did. It was not popular, and we're not, you know, to paraphrase Brian Mulroney, they're not trying to be popular, trying to do the right thing. So mm-hmm. they'll say that look what we did. It caused the numbers to go down. Yes, it was tough. Now we can open. Yeah, and. I think you're right to a point. I don't disagree with much of what you said. I don't know if that's exactly it because we're all we're we're all uh, cognizant enough to look at numbers and know and and read and know that the golf closing and all that stuff had zero to do with transmissions going down. I will say this. I mean, when I, I live in the big city and. You know, my daughter, one of my kids lives right across from Trinity Bellwoods Park, which most people have, you know, who listen to the show have seen pictures of on the weekend, you know, four days ago. Um, it was just a sea of human beings. There was 5,000 people at a protest in Nathan Phillips Square on the weekend. There were tens of thousands of people riding bikes on the lakeshore for a ride T.O. And all those things as golfers, it's easy for us to be all like get really angry and I was before getting really angry and how unfair this all is. But again, practicing acceptance, feeling gratitude over the fact that I'm, you know, I'm alive and it's a beautiful day. And those are things that will serve me and others personally versus getting all excited because, yeah, those are those things I just mentioned are unfair, but I, I can't do anything about them. I have zero impact on that. Totally. I mean, it's kind of like. Um, in in our culture, so many of the messages that that I, that we take is, "I'll be happy when right, I'll be happy when I break eighty for the first time. I'll be happy when I get the promotion. I'll be happy when they finally open the golf course." Exactly. But when we get these things, no, we're not happy. We want something more, something. And so, to me, things like this are actually you. You can spin them or not spin them, but you can see the gift that's in them in that in that for something like this is that, okay, if I pine and cling and crave and and then I just create some misery for myself rather than just kind of accepting. And I think that that's actually not a bad a bad thing to take into actual when you're playing golf. Well, exactly. And excuse me. And, and, and one of the reasons I. Now, I was I started it sort of facetiously last week telling my, you know, anyone, you know, I talk to people and I have this whole, you know, bit that I share with everyone. But um, I, I did it for practical purposes. You know, I just wanted to comment on something you said about I'll, I'll be happy when like all these golfers that I know my my phone. I have an app. I've got 40 different guys that are we're on this chat and, and they're a bunch of guys I golf with and they're just apoplectic. But totally. the fact is. On June 1st, they'll still be pissed off. On June 2nd, it'll be like, just like you said, uh, you know, the first time you break 80, you'll be like, wow, that that, I'm, uh, that wasn't that hard. And I'm still unhappy and I hate my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like nothing's changed other than this number was 80 and now it's 79. And, and nothing will change for people in an unhappy mode on the 2nd of June, except they'll be momentarily happy that they got to play, but then all the problems that they had on the 1st of June will still be there. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, we could talk about this forever, but why don't we get into some golfy stuff? Our guest today 
And I know there was an article you wanted to share some stuff with me, and, I, and I'm interested to hear about it. Our guest today is somebody that I came across in the golf Twitter verse that I occupy. And uh, I had mentioned his stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a site. I believe he does this for a living. It's called practical-golf.com. And he was the guy, John Sherman, that uh, is the editor, and, and he's also a very good player. I've read the blog, and it's, it's like a and it's like a, a blog that's six years old. So he's been doing it. He sells products on it. He has a, a book he's written, and et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's some practical stuff to ha- to get better. And and the reason I think it's good for our show, and I wanted to talk to him, is it's very leans very heavily on the mental side of the game. But unfortunately, John is not with us today. So. I've saved something for the later in the show that I think is very um, O'Connor-esque <laughs> in terms of its uh, tone. Um, but why don't you start us off today with some practical golf stuff. Uh, you said you, you saw an article in Golf Week or something you thought would be interesting for us to uh, well, unpack, no. as the kids like to say, Tim. Unpack. I gotta hate that. No, I know. Can me we too. just talk about it? Yeah, you know that's like everything is a narrative. No, just just, just talk about the yeah. damn thing. Uh, imagine using uh, other words when simpler words were um, available. <laughs> oh, we're back to the womb thing. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I just I was just so uh, I get I subscribe to Golf Digest, and so every day I get this golf world stuff that pops into my inbox. And today it was really uh, cool. Um, that through the press room, they had all these guys, they, as, as they always do before a tournament, they bring in the defending champ and mm-hmm. they bring in the content, and especially uh, in a major. So they bring all these people in. So Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, McElroy, and it was just, it's something I want to get to because I think it connects what we're talking about. And they go like, they love McElroy for his, um, candor if you will but they think he just went too far this time because he said that he's happy that golfers are back he says i'm even happy that the mashed potato guys are back (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so 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 the writer goes like sorry rory you've crossed the line you know you were not happy the mashed potato guys are back yeah but no the 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 thing that uh by the way i was telling i just want a quick comment about that i don't even understand what that is about do I. like you the man get in the hole baba buoy i understand it's a it's a stern reference do you know oh, who that is okay. howard stern yeah no but i'm saying who baba buoy is no i don't that's his uh his uh, producer and he uh, calls him baba buoy but for 10 years now on golf broadcasts people have been yelling it out and what stern does is he'll play the audio from the golf tournament where they yell out baba buoy so at least I understand that. But mashed okay. potatoes, I have no idea of its origins. <laughs> but uh, that's funny that he said he's happy the guy, the mashed potato guy is back. That's good. Please but continue. We, I, but is that because, just quickly, is, is it because of our age? Is that we're just, what, the mashed potatoes part? Yeah. Is, I don't it, know. is this something that someone under a kid, someone under 35 would understand? Maybe. I don't know. It's a mystery. It's well, like let's politics, see. religion, and uh, a lot of women. Um, well, hang on a second. All, uh, why do people yell mashed potatoes in golf? Um, after a player makes takes her shot, occasionally during their swing, some prat in the crowd, which is obviously English, will yell something along the lines of uh, mashed potatoes or cheeseburger. But it doesn't say why. Please continue. 
Okay. So well, maybe one of our, our listeners will maybe. go on our Swing Thoughts Facebook page and um, inform us. Uh, anyways, um, so this is something I think connects to what we're talking about. Um, so they had Lee Westwood in the uh, press room and uh, and they're saying, you know, what's so he's asked, are you doing anything better now than you did 10 years ago on the golf course? And here's Lee Westwood's response. Yep. I think not caring, just playing, taking each shot at a time on its merits. I think a lot clearer now. And I have a much better perspective now than I did 10 years ago. And the, the, the golf world writer said, follow the veteran and wise Westie. Care yeah. less people. <laughs> and I just think there's, a, I think there's a lot of wisdom there. I do too. And it, 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 and I think that speaks to what we're talking about. You have no idea what's coming. Yeah. If I live and die with every shot, mm. if my happiness is predicated upon the car I drive, the score I shoot, um, that's just not going to end well. <laughs> like you said, you, you break 80, and, but you still wake up. And the, so the day after you break 80, you shoot 79, you still got all the same stuff, the same things going on does it mean that life is miserable forever no but what it means is that if we're always searching for that somehow the when this thing happens the keys to nirvana fall in my lap Mm -hmm. and the birds of paradise are alighting on my arms as i walk down the street that's not going to happen well the reason i said in essence we just just i'm just going to finish this okay i thought you were done we continue our sort of more prone to be miserable or why am I not happy, etc. Because we're always craving for things to be different than they actually are. Um, when you listen back, you'll hear me give you a little foreshadowing because now just for full disclosure, Tim and I never talked about what I was going to sh- talk about and you didn't tell me what you were going to talk about but because we didn't have this guy on from practical golf i was looking through the uh his back you know i was looking through his site saying well what would be a good thing we could discuss and i saw something i said oh that's very similar to what tim talks about in past shows and you just brought it up again the the name of the article is caring enough but not too much what do you think of that tim by the, the mind, universe. mind the universe is aligned, etc. Minds are blowing. <laughs> um, it's interesting that uh, Lee Westwood brought that up because you've said that to your players years ago when you were first coaching Guelph. You said to them, "You guys had this thing where you guys, you know, care." How did you put it? Um, uh, we, we we put our hands together before yeah. a tournament. We all, we all put our hands in together, and we always say. I slightly don't care. Slightly don't care. And the reason that, and, and, and if you go to Practical Golf, you'll find this article. And it was one of the things I wanted to talk about with this John Sherman guy. And I thought, because it was so close to some of the things you mm-hmm. talk about and things we've talked about. But it's great. Like some of the, um, the headings are living and dying on each shot. And that's what a lot of us golfers do. We, we Every shot seems to have so much importance, you know, and, and we've talked a little bit about the practicality of why are you more nervous over a birdie putt or the, you know what I mean? Like, because every shot has the same value. And I think this article addresses a lot of those things. Playing I don't care golf is another subject matter because mm-hmm. 
Yes, and I, I sort of started to feel this at the end of last season because as the season was winding down, I think I said to you on the show, I said, I've gotten this into this mindset where I'm trying not to take the shots so personally. Like they just happen. Yeah, I might have been off a millimeter and that's it went to the right. But it's it's such a random thing to do that at the speeds we swing these implements, you know, the fact that any of them ever hit the face of the club is really quite a miracle. Totally. I'll, I think you'd love this. So I want you to react to this. Give each shot the attention it deserves and move on. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, do your best. If you have a process, follow the process. If it works for you. And then, as Ben Kern used to say, when it leaves the club face, it's up to the gods and gravity. That's right. I'll, I'll just take care of everything you can up to that point and then let her go. And there's just, to me, there's so much freedom in that. And, and, and I think for listeners, go check out the article. I just want to pick out the way he finished it by saying, he, he said, because he's a scratch golfer. He's written a bunch of articles about how he got to scratch, et cetera, et cetera. And um, he talks about compartmentalizing your emotions. And you miss It's much easier said than done. So he says, when you hit an errant drive into the trees and you're still fuming over your mistakes, that shot is over and done with. Your new task is to make the best decision possible with the current shot and not let the prior event influence that decision. You and I have said the same thing 150,000 times on this podcast. I've said exactly. it in this way. You don't have to, when you follow a bad shot with another bad shot, that starts the spiral. You don't have to follow a bad shot with a great shot, just an okay shot. Decay would say, if you're in the trees and you're trying to thread it through an opening, slap yourself. Get it back in play. Statistically, you'll do better from there than you will from banking it into the tree and then going OB. And and I think, you know, that's a great thing about working with you and other people in the in the golf business. You know, and I I know I joke about being a spiritual leader, but I'm also, a, I think, a bit of a coach as well. And part, about, totally. part of being a good coach is finding different ways to say the same thing. You know that. Mm-hmm. We're not this guy at practical golf, great guy, not saying anything new. Just some nice ways of, you know, re sort of figuring it out. And I think that's what our show is good for is that hey, a lot of guys are having these thoughts and discussions with their friends and and maybe we can find a way or give you some resources to further your, I don't know, education and your you know, just give you some uh, support. Well, totally. And it's like a, a phrase I use all the time is that there's only three chords in rock and roll. And, but it's how do you put them together? Yeah. And so what you, know, what you and I have put together and what I have cobbled together in terms of uh, the stuff that I got, we're just learning from everybody else. Oh, yeah. I, I remember Mike Martz had a great line. It was quite funny. I love this story. Uh, years ago, when Bob Rutella was just starting to emerge as the guru, the, the golf performance golf is not a game of perfect yeah and so it, it marcy is just a call you as call him as he sees him type of guy mm. and so he sits for bob rotella's uh chat and he wanders up at the end of the chat and he goes he goes uh oh i liked your talk he says you know but in essence you just moved <laughs> the bones from one grave 
to another. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what Rotella is doing is tapping into like a lot of like, you know, Eastern philosophy and Buddhism and mindfulness practice and just bring it to golf. And in essence, so that's kind of what we do here. We bring in in, part of the beauty of being able to do a show like this. And what I've always enjoyed about being a journalist is because we have this platform, we we get to meet some pretty cool people. And so all these people that we have on, I learned from all of them. We both do. And we just cobble upon it. And so some of the ways, it's just different ways of, yes, yeah, saying the same thing and people resonate. And so I'm just going to, what's interesting, he said, what does uh, Sherman say? It's like, I don't care golf. Yeah, the uh, it's called Play I Don't Care Golf is one of the headlines in the uh, article, in the body of the article. Okay, I like that, but I think what a lot of people get pretty literal and it's like, oh, I don't care. No, I, I think if we're playing golf, we're hitting the ball sideways and three, four putting. Yeah, we care. Mm-hmm. But the, the, what I like, and I took this from Sean White, the snowboarder who won yeah, the yeah. gold at the 2010 Olympics, was he just said, I slightly don't care. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that is that, yeah, we care. And the problem is when we care too much, and as to your point, when we live and die and we take it personally, that's hard to play a good golf. Well, you know, and I think he's saying the same thing you are. I mean, he's, he's not. Yeah. Because he, he, in, in the body of that part of the article, it's really interesting how he describes it. You know, he says, I used to play an unproductive game. Uh, let's say the first five holes were a disaster. I might say to myself, oh, just forget about this round. We've all done that. Then all of yeah. a sudden, I'll have four good holes. I might say, wait, I'm just going to play this out, play this one out and see what happens. He says, unfortunately, golf you know, doesn't work this way. There, there's all these opportunities to say to yourself, I don't care at all what happens. Often I find golfers do this, and we've said this, as a defense mechanism. This is the brilliant part. I love this next part because it's so true. We're scared to find out just how bad Badly, we might score if we keep trying after a rough patch. I'll say that again because I think yeah. everyone's done that. And that's a, he sums it up perfectly. We're scared to find out just how badly that score might be if we keep trying after a rough patch. And here's how I know we had a conversation once by saying when we because I've done this when I used to give up before I learned how to put on the big yeah. boy pants when I would give up. The reason I would, and I would be mad, and I wanted everyone in my group to know that I'm having a shitty day, and I'm way better than this, and I'm not even trying anymore. The reason I did that was, one, because I was a child. Two, was to give the people in the group uh, notice that I'm much better than this. But mainly it was so that when I shot the number that was going to suck, I'd be able to say somewhere in my bullshit brain, well, I gave up after 15 holes. The thing is, continuing to try... You're still going to shoot a higher number than you'd like, but at least you can leave knowing that that was the best. And I've said this on the show two years ago or three years ago. That's the best you could do that day. And I'll say this as a as a conclusion to this seminar. <laughs> as a conclusion is there. And I will again, if you've listened to the show for 164 episodes, you know, I've heard you've, I've heard you've heard me say this. There is a satisfaction Whatever the number for you is, that's 10 shots higher than you normally shoot. But there's a satisfaction of knowing that even though you might be slightly embarrassed or bummed out or whatever it is, I I learned that I could drive home after an 80 whatever knowing that I didn't give up and it made me feel better. 
And I didn't know that when I was younger because I used to feel like, well, all those things he said, you know, we're scared to find out how badly we might score if we were continuing to try, (laughs) you know. But now I go, well, you know, there are some days you and I both shot like huge high numbers in this tournament last fall. Ridiculous numbers. But I had such a great time doing it because I'm like, hey. I'm playing a golf course at 7,000 yards. It's six degrees and I'm getting no I'm roll. Years old. <laughs> I'm getting no roll. Of course, yeah, I'm going to shoot 87. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say that, that I, it, it really is a defense mechanism when we give up, but it's partly because we're a little bit scared to find out that if we kept trying, how bad it would be. Yeah, exactly. So, so much good stuff in that. But I'll take questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll take. Thank you for opening thank up you. the floor. I'll, uh, uh, t- any questions? Uh, golf spiritual leader. Yes. Uh, um, who's that? Timothy yeah. O'Connor. Uh, First time caller. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love the bit about. So, what are we afraid of? We're afraid of. Well, they'll think I'm. I suck. Yeah. And, and also, we're, we're mostly afraid of what it says to us because we identify with the shots. So leave that. But the key piece to me is, is we are what we practice. Yes. Yes. And so if I spend my whole life with, you know, I got this result or this happened or this didn't happen and, um, and I'm going to rationalize it to myself and to others. Well, I got angry. And, you know, when I get angry, uh, I lose focus. And that's why I shot 93. Or, um, you know, I knew with that boss I wasn't going to get the, the promotion. So I just gave up on it. So that's why I didn't get the promotion. Everyone knew I should have gotten mm-hmm. the promotion. You're just deceiving yourself with bullshit. Whereas if you practice close to things that we're talking about, acceptance, gratitude this is where i'm at today this is what the, this is what's real today mm-hmm. then we can take that in our lives because the way we live on the golf course in our families in our business everything it, it, that's why golf and life aren't different they're all the same thing so if we're not so if we're not living authentically and and kind of being who really who we are if we're making up these stories you know, I gave up, I got ain't whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just not good practice for living life in an authentic way that's going to move us along to who we really want to be. And, you know, that opportunity isn't really there in other sports. The only other sport I ever was any, well, only a sport, but I, I was a pretty good little hockey player as a kid. And in hockey, I just don't remember, even when I was on a team that was down like 7-2, in the third period, you always kept kind of, there's an inertia to hockey. You're always continuing to try because it's kind of built into how you play the game. But in golf, you know, I can't tell you how many rounds I walked off the golf course or I gave up or I started hitting it without thinking, etc., etc. We've all done it. But over the course of time, you know, my boy, uh, Paul Henrik, who uh, I've talked about, I talk a lot about on the show, um, just a really strange man with some great stuff that he says, but he was the one that sort of taught me, you know, the phrase, you know, wearing the big boy pants and continuing to try. One of the things he said is good follows good. And I didn't really know what he meant when he said it to me. He says, good, good always follows good. But what, what I've learned that it means is you're in the trees, you do the right thing, you chip out, you don't let your ego get in the way. Well, he has two things. He would say good follows good. So you did the right thing. So you did the good thing. 
And then, you know, by doing that, it does something to your cortisol. It keeps your stress levels sort of in check. You can bring your attention to the next shot. Sometimes you might hit a good one, 10 or 15 feet. You sink that, you make your par. At worst, you make a bogey, but it, but nothing really infected you because you know i was the guy that would try and hit it out through the little opening there because my ego said i've still got to try and make birdie from here and then i would hit the tree and then i would come back in the rough and next thing i made a double bogey or a triple and now i'm filled with all this poison (laughs) exactly and the other thing he would say poison because if i would get into trouble he would be watching me or we'd be playing together and i would try to hit some shot and he'd say listen to me before you try and hit it through the sliver of trees there, he'd say, have you ever made a birdie before? I go, what do you mean? I'd be all pissed off. He goes, have you ever made a birdie? I go, yeah. He goes, well, then make a birdie with your with your third shot on a par four. I go, oh, uh-huh. He goes, well, make a, try and make a birdie once you're back in play. And by doing that, you know, I chip it out and have 120 yards to the green. I hit it somewhere on the green. And every once in a while, I'd sink that putt for par. And I would be like, oh, Mm-hmm. Good follows good, and I have made a birdie with my chipped out shot. But the thing I didn't make was the double or the triple, because as we found out through our you know recent romance with Decade, that you don't really lose a full shot with a bogey, especially at our level. You lose probably around, let's just say for round numbers, 0. 0.50, half a shot with a bogey. But in our minds, we think we've lost a stroke. Mm-hmm. But... Even at our level, a double bogey is now 1.5 and you have lost. You've lost more with the double than you have with the bogey. I know that seems self-evident, but we don't think of it that way. We think it's a two-stroke a disadvantage. Uh, but the one stroke isn't the dif- disadvantage. It's only half a shot. So, it, and it's in saving those moments. I'll finish by saying psychologically and statistically. Again, I'll open it up for questions. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm sitting. I feel like I'm sitting in the grad lounge at, at, at Decade University, and we're sharing we're we're sharing a pint after class, and we're just kind of like because you're doing your you're doing your post grad work on I Decade. I uh, it's too ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I got a PhD in Decade. Um. Anyway, I, I picked that article. I think it's ironic that you had the same thoughts. Let's talk about the PGA. 7,800 yards. Everyone's freaking out about how long it is. But yet, when they played there in 2012, Mr. O'Connor, how many yards were they playing it at in 2012? 7,600 yards. It's only 200 yards longer. So it's not like way out of whack. Although I do look forward to the wind blowing. It totally um, because I think it's cool watching tour players have to hit long irons into par fours, kind of what the game we grew up watching and the game that they're not familiar with, ironically enough. you know. Oh, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, that is a diabolical Pete Dye golf course. Um, it, and I love the fact that they're back at Kiowa. Um, gosh, you remember have you the been Ryder there? Cup? That, I have not. No, me neither. But... Um, do you remember the war by the shore? Sure, Ryder I do. Cup, yeah, when yeah. The, when Bernard Langer missed like that ticklish mm-hmm. putt. Oh my gosh! Cal- it, wasn't it also that one where Calcavecchia missed the green on seventeen? Yes. And oh, and Calcavecchia, yeah, Calcavecchia, I think was was devastating. Three or, three or four up on Monty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think. And then he he either lost or halved his match, and he's on the beach crying, and Dave yeah. Stockton's down there trying to console him. Don't drown yourself, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't walk into the ocean. 
<laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I guess someone was saying uh, uh, Zach Johnson, not the longest player in the world. Yeah. He was like on, on every part four is having to take the head cover off. That's right. I saw that shot. You know, um, they won't. This. I don't think they're going to listen. Even they were saying this last night. The, the the fairways are the, the the fairways these guys play are faster than any fairways we ever play. Totally. The, One year at Glencairn, I think it was four or five summers ago now, and it might have been the same at um, Blue Springs. But it was that summer where we lost at Glencairn. We lost some of the fairways. It was so dry that summer. But the irony of the conditions were it actually played. That golf course played closer to how a, a Lynx golf course is kind of supposed to play. Lots of roll, you know. But when these guys are playing in Kiowa Island where the fairways are are hard, hard, hard and fast. So you got a 520-yard par four. If it's downwind, they're still going to be hitting driver nine iron. But if it's into the wind... They're going to have more trouble holding the fairways because fast fairways mean the fairways actually become narrower because mistakes are exacerbated. They're going to have long irons and long shots from those rough. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing that because it, it brings a guy like Spieth into the, into the mix because you got to have a great short game. And a great, you have to be a great ball striker. You got to know how to adapt to conditions and, mm, sure. and all that kind of, kind of stuff because that's what makes it fun. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's gonna be a different kind of golf uh, than than we see you know week to week, which is usually an airborne game. Yep, dot and you go. So it'll be really cool. I like uh, Rory was asked about the win. You know, he's a, a good guy to ask about that being from Northern Ireland and whatnot. But uh, it was funny. He was saying uh, you know to go through his adjustments. Mm-hmm. He says, well, I've been playing golf for thirty years. He says it's automatic. He says I don't think about it. I get the wind. I get the number. I try to visualize what I'm going to do, and then I just try to replicate what I've visualized. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love the fact that we can learn from players like that, even when conditions are tough, is it, it, it's not to overthink it, and you don't really have to change your game a whole lot. You know, the, the, the main takeaway, I think, for people around wind is the tendency is, again, self-awareness. The wind's blowing in me. What, what's my tendency to swing like hell at it? Mm-hmm. As opposed to maybe take one more club and just just a swing, uh, swing it. But um, it'll be fun to watch. I love watching guys invent shots. And a course like Kiowa will, will do that. And I think that's the that's really, again, you know, if you, if you look at it in terms of score, if these guys are used to, you know, if the, so if the wind really blows, apparently the wind is going to turn around or something. Yeah. Uh, make it more difficult. So for players like for a player like you shooting even par, that's a, a good round on a kind of a regular day. Yeah, it'd be a great but a round. Sure. It's, but on a day that's really blowing at Glencairn, yep, great score could be seventy eight. Um, I'll tell you the first round of the regular, you know, young guy club championship in twenty seventeen. Uh, ended up second that year, which is the best I've ever done in that club championship. And I shot 79 in the first round. I was one of three guys in the entire field to break 80 that day. Yeah. And it was a great round of golf. In fact, better than the other rounds I shot in the low 70s because it was just ridiculous that day. Yeah. So you see, like, what it takes to a degree is, is, is and our friend George McNamara, uh, who's a good friend of Fred Shoemaker, 
a lot of times what he talk he and I talk about back and forth is point of view. Mm-hmm. It's like how do we see the world? If we see a round a good round of golf as you know for a PGA Tour is sixty seven, but the wind blows and I shoot seventy five. If your point of view is that I didn't shoot sixty seven, I suck. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck there. Yeah. So if you have a point of view that's more in his place of okay, this is what the, this is what the deal is today. This is this is what's real. And, I, and I'm going to have to go and accept what's going on here. Um, the, the minute we start to fight what's reality and, and this doesn't line up with what I think should be. Yeah. That's when we start to really struggle. I agree. You know, for years, the first uh, I joined Glen Karen in 2013, but I didn't really start playing in earnest until 2014. And I remember the first couple of years I would drive there. And it's where for people who don't know where it's situated on the in the escarpment world. Is it just and it's exposed and it was designed to play, you know, like a Lynx land course. So wind is part of it. Because it, because when there's no wind there, it's, you know, it's a much easier track. And I remember driving up for the first couple of years, and every time I would come to the parking lot and it's howling, I'd say, is it, after, is it windy every day? And that's how I would start my day. And then one exactly. day I drove in and was like, you know what? Enough already. It's going to be windy every time you play here, so just enjoy it. Same with, you know, playing in the rain. You know, Nicholas was famous this is a great, you know, old story about saying that it's, he loved when it was windy and raining because he knew it would eliminate half the guys who were pissed off that it was windy and raining. Exactly. And he was going to be like, no, nope, I'm OK with it. Tom Watson legendarily played great in terrible conditions. And hence, how many how many open championships did he win? I think was five, five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's, I think the caveat is not that they played great. They just didn't give in to the most people suck when it's though in those conditions. Yeah. If only it wasn't windy. If only the course was this. They play the course as it as they accept it, if you will. I mean, there's how's that theme running through this show? But so I got a story that's similar. Um, whether this is actually true or not, who knows? It's a good enough story. Um, Gary Doesn't matter Player if it's to, true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary Player used to room with Bob Golby on the road. And this is earlier in their careers. And they're playing like in Florida or something. And and Gary Player comes back to the room and says to Golby, I just love these slow Bermuda greens. And then a few weeks later, they're up in the Northeast. And Gary Player says, oh, I love these fast Bent greens and Golby goes. What is it? You love? Do you love the slow Bermuda greens or mm-hmm. the fast bent ones? And Gary Player says, "You love whatever greens you're on." That's right. No, I've and heard I that. used to. And, and uh, similar to you at Glencairn, when I first started playing at Blue Springs, I would go. This ninth green is unfair. There's too much slope <laughs> in this right. green. And the same with twelve and thirteen. Uh-huh. And then it was like, wait a sec. You better love <laughs> the That's greens. Right. And then. It just changes everything. And back to what we're talking about with our friend George McNamara calls the point of view. When you change your point of view, things just just become a lot easier. Well, who among us have not been in a um, you know kitchen barn or bed bath store, whatever those are called, <laughs> with our significant <laughs> others and seen a sign for the kitchen? You know, right there over here is live, love, laugh. And right next to it is when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. 
I don't know about yes. you. I can spend it's about eight, of- I can spend about eight minutes in any one of those stores before this is true before my hips start to hurt <laughs> i do i do i do i rachel looked at me one day we were in a, a bath bed or whatever and she looked at me she goes what's wrong with you i go i've lost the ability to keep myself upright <laughs> i'm i was like listing to one side you know, sandy knows so the signal for me when we're in those places with sandy is like when my arms are folded Oh yeah. She goes, yeah. Okay, you could go now. Yeah. You're released. Yeah. Although ironically, I can say I can go into a golf town and be there for hours. I feel fine. That's, there's no irony in that at all. Um okay, well, listen, everybody. <clears throat> uh oh yeah, contest time. Well, yeah, so basically we're giving away, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, everyone who wins is gonna be uh two prize packs. So there are two ball samplers. A cool tailor-made hat, a master's putter cover, and a uh, JW apparel uh, polo shirt or shirt. And in the other package, there is golf balls, two ball packs, uh, samplers, a uh, hat, and a master's head cover. And, um, And what we'll do is on Facebook, when this goes up, on Friday afternoon, I guess, we'll just put a question in the, um, in the description of the show, it will be very simple. You just tell us the answer. First couple people to get through, those will be our winners, okay? Like that. So uh, like that as we lot. finish today, um, if we're starting to wrap up here, so what? And, and so I think you mentioned you've ordered the the uh, Super Speed Sticks. Yes. Not to be confused with Speed Stick, because that's a deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Somebody mishears us. Hey, Tim Howard, I ordered the speed stick. It smells like fr- uh, pine. How it's, is this? It's April Fresh, <laughs> right? How is this? How is this going to help my golf? I put two speed sticks under my armpits. <laughs> well, it's going to be less friction. Um. So what? Are, so my question is going to be: What are you working on in your golf game, Professor Tim? Oh, well, you asked, I, I think it's the same thing. Uh, you asked me that question last I week. I know, but every week it's going to change. Oh. It changes every week. Oh, it does? Mostly. Okay. okay. I mean, um, I've got a couple, I'll tell you, I've got a couple things I've been working on now for a couple of months, but sometimes I get distracted by the internet. <laughs> I do. I do. I don't know about you, but I just you, thought if there, leader? if there was the internet when I was in my 30s, going through my first golf renaissance, Oh I, I don't think I would have uh, ended up. I, I would have ended up being fired because I. You've been in the loony bin. Yeah, well. yeah. Because um, I was already a nut. So, but uh, what are you working on? I know you're working on some stuff with Mertz. What are you doing? What do you? What is your thing? Well, I talked last time how I'm still putting uh, on the ruler. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good one. I, what? So yeah, so I'm doing that. That's basically practicing quiet eyes mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, but what I'm actually doing as well is in my uh, my practice area for chipping, which is my hallway. Yes, of course. I've got about 20 feet, so I have a little target. What I'm working on is is just staying present to to how the club feels in my hand. Mm. Even post-impact, am I able to maintain the focus of the club in my hand? It could be the weight of the club head. Mm. It could be just the grip in my hand. It could be the whole club. 
So what I'm working on is just, can I stay present to, to this experience as opposed to what I often do is, how did that turn out? No, of <laughs> did course. I it solid? Yeah. Did, it, did it go to the target? And, and I find that, again, I think this marries nicely with what we're talking about. If I can stay present to, to what's going on, it, it's, it's quite amazing what can happen. Yeah. That, is that my body can just release. It's just everything just happens. My body, as we've talked about many times, it self-organizes itself to hit the ball, the right trajectory, the right, the right distance, all of that, without me thinking about it you know we're so make, trying to oh, go ahead so what i'm trying to do i'll just try and just wrap this up this i know no this no i just want i wanted to just man you can you don't have you can do another hour i just wanted to mention you know shoemaker has said that a, a bunch where he says most golfers can't think of you know with the club head all the way through their swing at some point you start you you lose focus of where it is in space please continue and why why do you lose focus because you're why? thinking Yes, and you're living in this place of, of, I hope this thing works out. Right. I hope this shot goes in the hole. I hope I hit this solid, whatever. So immediately we leap to the future. Mm-hmm. As opposed and to staying I, with it through the entire swing. Exactly. And, and because what's going to happen is once the mind gets involved, it, it's going to, if it feels like, oh, it did this, it's going to try to compensate or do something and all kinds of just, it just, it's like dropping. Uh, sand into the gears. Mm-hmm. It's just going to get in the way. Basically, self-interference. By the way, I just thought of something. Remember you said to me we should get this guy, Adam Young, on the show? Yes. He works. He he and John Sherman do a podcast together. That is cool. So we will maybe... I know that. Maybe what we'll do in rebooking John, we'll say, hey, why don't you get see if we get Adam on as well? Oh, yeah. I, I love Adam Young's stuff. His book, um, The Practice Manual, mm-hmm. is, is wonderful. It's got that is a great book. You know, there's key books to recommend to our listeners. Extraordinary Golf would be one. The uh, Lost Art of Playing the Game by Carl Morris and The Practice Manual, uh, Adam Young. Well, I'm going to tell you right now from what I, by the way, uh, on practical golf, he recommends the PRGR monitor. He recommends the, uh, the divot board. That's his latest one. And he recommends the super speed golf swing speed training system. See how we're all in alignment. It's all a confluence. Um, I'll tell you what I've been working on. Symmetrical. Um, I've been doing a lot of, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff with my golf swing now for a couple months. I've been working on my grip a little bit um, just uh, just because I didn't like where it was sitting a little high up in my, you know, because I, I over, you know, I always wear the uh, glove and I, I always get a callus in my heel pad of my left hand. And that's because the club is riding too high up in my palm. So I've been working on that a little bit. Trying not to do too much, but just what you know. What I do is, if you've ever watched any of Martin Chuck stuff, M- Marty Chuck this is a great takeaway for the average player. Is Marty Chuck before he every time he takes a grip, he really every time he puts a club in his hand, he's very careful about how he grips it. 
And I think that's great for most people who just sort of haphazardly take the club and they, they just hold it like they've always hold it. But Marty's very um, fastidious about how he takes the script. But here's what I've been working on. And this is the last thing I'll say about the super speed swing training. So I've been doing it for a while, and then I got the monitor, so I've now started the program in earnest. But one of the things I had Rachel do this the other day is I wanted her to tape me. Um, The lightest of the three levels is green, so there's green, blue, and red, and red's heavy. So green is actually a lighter shaft than your regular golf club. Mm. And I'll just give you this. So I said to her, I want you to tape me swinging as hard as I can. Because in order to swing as hard as you can, to your point about, you know, uh, not thinking about results and not thinking about how to do it. When you go and, and I don't recommend this for everyone, but I've been, I worked up to this. When you try and swing as hard as you can, what you can't do is interrupt it. So I said, I'm curious. I want you to tape me doing this because I'm curious what my swing looks like when I'm not trying to put it somewhere. And I got to tell you, Tim, I had her do do two swings, two of the best swings I've ever put on tape. It reminded me of that shoemaker thing we talked about last week about throwing the clubs. But I was just my left heel came off the ground. I was long. My backswing was longer than it ever is because I was only had one thing in mind speed. And when you look at the swing back, it's like, Jesus, you know, that's all the stuff that I'd like that's all the things you'd like to see in your golf swing without thinking about any of them. Not to mention, it was the fastest, like on this monitor, I'd never gotten above a certain number. But then I did this little experiment and I got a few miles an hour faster because I was just, to finish it up, swinging with abandon. I love that. That's so cool. And that's why I really enjoyed our conversation um, with Ryan um, because... It's more about uh, when people hear about these super speed sticks or things like that, they think about, oh, you're just trying to hit it farther. Mm. Well, yeah, it'd be nice to hit it farther, but you hit it farther when you hit it solid. You hit it farther when you swing with freedom, yes. when you don't have tension. And what I find so cool about this is that it it kind of reaffirms something that, that I say a lot, um, is that people think that the stuff that you and I talk about is, the, is, is all about the mental game. It certainly is. But what you're describing is golf as a physical experience. Yes. There's no thinking about how to do it. It's totally your body. That's a physical thing. And I think that's when we're playing our best golf is when we're completely physical because our, our, you know, uh, our thoughts aren't real. I mean, if they were, I'd be in jail or I'd be put <laughs> on an ice flow and just <laughs> you're excommunicated. You're too dangerous to be around. You're a danger so to society. Our thoughts aren't real, but the golf club is real. Yes. Golf ball is real. Body, real. And so when we swing like that, one thing before we finish, I wanted to ask Ryan this, and because you used the word, I want to ask you, and it may just seem like semantics, but to me, there's a difference between swinging hard and swinging fast. When I hear hard, I think about, using big muscles and all that. When I think swinging fast, it's, it's just, a, it lands for me differently in my brain. I don't know. How yeah, I, but I, I know. Cause I, I think it's interesting. There is a bit of a differentiator, which is when I would say, I wouldn't say swing hard. I'd say trying to hit it hard. Mm, I'm trying yeah. to hit this hard, but when I'm trying to swing fast, which I've been, what you're, what you do as part of the protocols, um, 
And I, when I was talking to Ryan, I said, I know you're only supposed to do it three days a week, but can I do it every other day, please? I just wanted an extra day. Um, <laughs> Whereas where uh, when, I'm, when I'm swinging as fast as I can, I'm not thinking about swinging hard at the ball because there's no ball. There's no ball in place. And that one thing I wanted to mention about this system is what it does is it not, it's not only training back to the mental side. It's not only training you physically to see how fast you can swing a golf club. But what it does is it's to break the psych. And this is what I didn't understand about it. After six weeks of talking to Ryan the other day, what, what happens is you break a psychological barrier because I have a certain comfort. We all have a sort of speed that we think is our, spe- our speed. It's like, in, you know, the analogy I use is when I first started snowboarding or any of those type, type of things, you're a little tentative and you go down slowly. And what happens over time is you just get used to psychologically being a little bit faster and faster. And finally, you're going so fast that, you know, beginner Howard couldn't have believed how fast you get. And that's what this, that's why I like these super speed. They're not a sponsor, by the way. But that's why I like them because even after a couple of weeks of using it the way, you know, as they prescribed, you know, I'm swinging faster. I just am. My, my opening swings each time I do the training now are faster than the opening swings of even two days ago because I've just gotten comfortable that it's okay to do that. You know, part of it, and he talked about this, you know, my shoulder bugs me a bit. So there's some, you know, a little, if I swing this fast, will I hurt myself kind of thing? And I think a lot of people, that's why I said, you know, don't just go out and start swinging as fast as you can. But once you start to get used to it, I think you'll find this in your training. Pretty soon you're like, Jesus, you know, I'm swinging way faster than I normally do because I'm just gotten I've gotten sort of my head around it, you know. Yeah, great. And so particularly as, as adults, you become more risk adverse. Yes, of course. <laughs> no, 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 not only with your investments, but you're certainly your golf swing. But I loved how Ryan said, when you have a different experience, you go, you know, whoa, I didn't fall down. That's right. Die. That's right. <laughs> I'm standing up. I'm not we, dead. Yeah, I love how we described how a lot of times with, with runners, what a coach will do is have a have a have someone run downhill mm-hmm. and they'll see, whoa, look how fast I'm going. That's I'm right. I'm not falling down. And then they can just kind of realize, whoa, I can go super fast. And and it's okay. I am curious to see, because it'll be another couple of weeks of doing this. And, uh, it, you know, to see how it translates to actual golf ball hitting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, again, you know, we're in a lockdown here. I'm trying to use my time. And I, I love golf, as you know. I love everything about golf. So it's giving me a chance to kind of be connected to it and have some goal. And, and it's been fun. Uh, thank you very much, Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Go get him. Go get that man. Uh, don't forget, we'll give away these uh, stuff from uh, TaylorMade. Of course, TaylorMadeGolf.ca. You can get uh, the new Sim 2 irons, the uh, Sim 2 drivers available. Eventually, when all this is behind us, you got to get into uh, TaylorMade and get fit. And uh, JWApparelInc.com. Jonathan Wong offers golfers of all ages quality apparel from head until the toe. Uh, anything else? How about this? We don't do this very often. What, who's your pick? Who is your pick for the... Uh, now, again, keeping in mind, everyone, that we're recording this two day, or the day before the tournament starts. So don't make fun of us if our guy may, you know, missed the cut. But who do you like this weekend, Timothy? 
uh, I have not given it any thought. That's the best thing for me to do <laughs> would be Justin Thomas. I just think that he's he's ascended to he's already won his major. I think it was a PGA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's just in that realm now. Yeah. And he gets excited. Um, and he's a great ball striker. Um, he's got a great mental attitude. He knows how to adjust himself. So, uh, yeah, JT, how about you? Same. Uh, actually, you know, I was, I was going to say J- Justin Thomas. I picked him on another show that I did. Uh, I like John Rahm sentimentally uh, to complete the career grand slam. It would be cool for Jordan Spieth. Yeah, Only, here's, cool. here's how rare that is. If he did it, he'd be the first guy since Tiger 20 years ago. And before that, it happened 40 years before that uh, when Jack Nicholas did it. So you're basically, if, if Spieth wins this weekend, he'll be, I think, the sixth player uh, to complete it. And that'll be something to see. Are you saying that the Tiger Slam was 20 years ago? Yes, 2000. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Time moves on. That's 21 years ago. You know, when, when, when they put up stats and, and career you know things you know, like one of the things on a live from uh, the PGA Championship last night I was watching one of the stats every stat about Tiger Woods is like a Gretzky stat it's like what so like yeah. Justin Thomas has uh, won 14 times before the age of 28 and then they listed the guys in Rory Spieth and then they listed <laughs> and, and, <laughs> Tiger Tiger won four, Tiger. he won 40 times by the time he was 23 by the time he was 28 he'd won 39 fucking times okay that's right I swore Tim Say a prayer for me. <laughs> you're, you're in the womb of my acceptance. Okay, very nice callback. I'll go to the cannon, whatever that meant. O'ConnorGolf.ca, HumbleandFredRadio.com. This is Swing Thoughts, and we will see you uh, next week.